0: Join me in a word of prayer. Father, we do give you praise and honor and glory this morning for you deserve all our worship and our praise. Lord, it is a delight to come together as the body of Christ. Pray that you would speak to us through your word, illumine the, the truth by your Holy Spirit, help us to understand it, to get it right, to comprehend it. And then, Lord, to put it into our thinking, that we would orient our minds according to your word. So we thank you for the book of Daniel and the privilege we have to look into it, pray that you would guide our thoughts this morning, and Lord, may you be given glory by all that's done in this place, for we pray in Christ's name, amen. This is week number 23 and our study in the book of Daniel. And we're over in chapter five, and last week we took a look at verses 22 through 25 of chapter seven. And this is an ongoing, uh, really, revelation to Daniel. Um, Some of it is things that he sees, some of it is things that he's told by an angel. And this particular passage that we're in now is uh, an angel explaining to him some of the things that he has seen, some of the things that he's asking about. So this is uh, really God's answer to Daniel and his prayer that God would show him what these things mean. Yeah, you'll remember that uh, we've jumped over to Revelation and matched up a good bit of what we we see here. Um, The most important thing I think that we've pulled out of this is that during the tribulation days, there are many people who place faith in Jesus Christ and are therefore, as a result, killed by those who are opposed to God. And the scripture here has made it clear that um, the small horn who uh, changes and becomes large in appearance um, is overcoming the saints. So people who trust God and place their faith in him are mainly killed during the tribulation time. And we saw that that picture of in, um, in Revelation chapter 7 of the multitude standing in front of the throne of God who came out of the tribulation, so meaning they were killed during the tribulation times. So... Um, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been looking at. Um, in verse, uh, I believe it's 15. No, that's not right. Um, we came to a, a statement last week. It's down in verse 25, where the scripture speaks of, um, well, let me just read it. He will, he will speak out against the Most High, and this is the small horn who becomes large in appearance, is the he here. He will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the Highest One, and he will intend to make alterations in times and in law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. And so we began to talk about that a little bit last week. Um, You remember this phrase is only given three places in scripture one is here uh, the other is over in daniel chapter 12 and then it's also given in the book of revelation um, one time where um, in chapter 12 where satan is trying to um, get to israel and it says that they're taken into the desert on the wings of eagles and they're hidden there, meaning Satan can't find them for a time, times, and half a time. And so those are the only three places in scripture um, where this, this phrasing takes place. And so a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what that actually means. And so I wanna look at that a little more today and try and um, unpack what I think it means and a few other things that we've been looking into Daniel. Um, And I'll tell you up front, we're gonna leave a lot of things untied, just kind of frayed at the ends that we will later come back and put it all together. But you have to get a lot of things on the table before you can then begin to put them in order. And so we're gonna do some of that today, uh, hopefully not too much. Um, but there will be some things that you'll just hear me say, we'll talk about this later um, because we will talk about it later if God wills and put a lot of things together. Now, this bystander, remember Daniel's talking to a bystander in his um, vision. He walks up to one of the people there and begins to have this conversation and that's who's giving him um, that this will happen for a time, times, and half a time. Um, it's actually said by the, uh, by the angel. And it really doesn't matter who you're in allegiance to at this time, because the world will be dominated by this small horn. It's not just part of the world, it's the entire world is dominated by this uh, evil force uh, who's been empowered, you remember in chapter 13 of Revelation, by Satan himself, is the one who gives him his power. And he has absolute control and dominates everything on the earth, which is how he's able to kill so many people who believe in Jesus Christ, um, because he's, he has influence everywhere in the world. Now, Daniel is given very specifically how long this will last, And I mean, right here, it says that it'll last, well, he kind of intimates it'll last for time, times and half a time. Look over in chapter 12 of Daniel, where there's no doubt that this is talking about a period of time. And we looked at this once before. In chapter 12 is the last vision, it's the last book of of Daniel. And Daniel is um, hearing a conversation between three angels and so if you begin pick up in verse 5 of chapter 12 then i daniel looked and behold two others were standing one on this bank of the river and the other on that bank of the river and one said one said to the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river how long will it be until the end of these wonders. And the wonders he's talking about is all the distress that is happening. And then he hears in verse 7, I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river as he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And as soon as they finish Shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. So you get a couple of things here. First of all, he uses that this time will last only a time, times, and half a time. Three and a half times. Okay, and a couple of things. First of all, the people who belong to God... Their power will be shattered. And we've seen that multiple times. We saw it back in chapter 7. We saw it in Revelation where these people are overcome. All right, but then I want to keep reading and see what he says going on down. Um, he said in verse, well, let's just go on through 8. As, as for me, I heard but could not understand. So I said, My Lord, What will be the outcome of these events? He said, go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. Many will be purged, purified, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. For the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, There will be 1,290 days. How blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1,335 days. But as for you, go your way to the end, and you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age. So there at the end, he just says, Daniel, you're not going to see it. Go to your end, die and then you'll be resurrected again, and then you'll see it. And so that's what he finishes with. But there's a couple of things here. Um, Notice that in verse 11, it says, from the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Okay, when you, it helps when you start thinking about this to understand that the Jewish year is 360 days. It's not like our, ours is 365 and a quarter. And we do that so that um, the seasons all line up and, and stay in place. That was not true according to the Jewish calendar. The seasons would begin to get out of whack. So, the Jewish calendar is 12 months of 30 days, 360 days. Of course, that would cause the seasons to drift. You know, um, January is no longer cold. It would be getting warm, and those types of things. So, when they felt it was appropriate, the leaders of the Jewish nation would add a month, and you'd have 13 months that year, and in that way, they kept their calendar in sync with the seasons. So about every, it would take one every six to seven years, you would need to add another 30 days in, and that would keep you in sync. If you think about it, 365 and a quarter for us, that's five and a quarter per year. So between six and seven years, you get almost another 30 days so to keep their calendar that's what they did but it's important when you think about this because this time times and half a time which i believe is one for time two for times and half a time so you get one plus two plus a half three and a half okay now here he tells us that first he says it's for time times and half a time and then he says That is for 1,290 days. Now, if you take 360 times three and a half, you don't get 1,290; you get 1,260. So we're off by about 30 days. Now we'll talk about it later. Why is it 1,290 and not 1,260, which would be three and a half? And there's there's no absolute answer to that, but there's some ideas. of of why it's off. But you see, this is almost in perfect sync with three and a half Jewish years. 1290 days as opposed to 1260. Then there's another 45 days. Three and a half years, 30 days. And then there's another 45 days given here to get to 1,335. And so what goes on during those 75 days? 30 plus 45. Um, scripture never answers that absolutely, but it does give us some activities that have to take place. As a matter of fact, we looked at them when you'll remember in uh, Ezekiel, at the beginning of the um, what we call the Millennial Kingdom, as it was getting started, that all the Jews were brought together in Israel and then they had to be called out, those who were true believers and those who weren't. The leaders had to be judged and put out. And then you had to cull between those, the lean sheep and the fat sheep, if you remember all that discussion. And that was removing from the land of Israel those who were not true believers but were Jewish And so maybe that's what goes on during these 75 days as the kingdom is getting inaugurated. There's a lot to be set up. I mean, you just had this horrendous slaughter of all the armies that are opposed to God. The, The blood is as deep as the horse's bridle from all the slaughter. So there's a lot to be done before you can just, oh, we're in the millennial kingdom and everything's good. So I think some of that is what happens during these 75 days. But anyway, you see here the same three and a half that equates to 1290 days. That's why I believe is three and a half years as opposed to three and a half months or three and a half periods or anything else. I mean, we're giving that as 1290 days. So that's an important clue for us to as we begin to try and figure out additional things that are given here in Daniel. So that's what I believe. I believe it's three and a half years. Um, I want to talk more about that in a couple of minutes. So you notice that in that verse 11 it says from the time that the regular sacrifices Sacrifices is abolished. So what does that mean? That means before this time, you have the regular sacrifices ongoing. So, and those would be the Jewish sacrifices that he's talking about. So the Mosaic Law, which called for all the sacrifices, are reinstituted somewhere in here before this happens. And you'll notice he says that not only the sacrifices are stopped, but the abomination of desolation takes place also. And those coincide with one another. And so from that time until the end, there's the time, times, and half a time. 1260 days. So we're given that very specifically here. Now, The question is who's in control then and what's taking place during this time well the abomination of desolation is given a couple of times in scripture it's given back in daniel chapter 9 but i want to go to matthew chapter 24 first in matthew 24 you probably are familiar with this passage this is when jesus and this is passion week and jesus and the disciples walk out of the temple and they're gazing at it. And this is after Herod had expanded the temple. So a lot of work has been done in the previous 30 years to the temple to expand it and make it more glorious. And Herod was doing all of that while he was building his palace also. So he had to satisfy the Jews so that he could build his palace. And so that's what was going on. And so they're looking at it and speaking about how magnificent it is. And Jesus says, I tell you that not one stone will be left on another. And they're kind of like, what are you talking about? And so that leads them to ask him the question, what will be the sign of your coming? And so Matthew 24 is Jesus Christ speaking to the disciples and telling them what's gonna happen before he returns. So beginning in verse five of Matthew 24, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened for those, th- for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many, because lawlessness is increased Most people's love will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. And he goes on and says, you've you, you got to get out of there when you see the abomination of desolation. Now this is clearly, Christ says it, the abomination of desolation that Daniel wrote about. So Jesus Christ believed in Daniel and what the prophecies that he wrote, so, so should we. And so... But you notice that Christ links it also, that when you see the abomination of desolation, then you've got to run. Well, why? Because the regular sacrifices are also stopped at that same time. That's what it says over in Daniel, right? When the regular sacrifices are stopped and the abomination of desolation is set up. Now, Jesus Christ doesn't say that, but that, I mean, clearly, if all the Jews flee, there are no more sacrifices going on. And they're told by Jesus Christ they need to flee. So Jesus Christ refers to what we're studying in Daniel and links some things together for us to who he is and what's going to happen. And you notice that these things must take place before he comes again. Because he says, and then the end will come. So all of this takes place before Jesus Christ comes again. Now, there are a lot of people who disagree with the way that I interpret Matthew 24. Matter of fact, I would say I hold the minority position. Okay, most True believers today would disagree with me vehemently. There's a there's a lot given in Matthew twenty-four about that happens in the cosmos. And most true believers today would say that's all just allegory. That's just spiritual writing. It's not real, it's just an analogy to show us how troubled the spiritual world is going to be. And I look at a couple of things. First of all, when Jesus Christ prophesied, he always prophesied literally. He never used allegory. He always talked about things that would happen, not that would picture what may happen. So that bothers me. There's another thing. A lot of people who believe in that, say that all that is written of in Matthew 24 happened in 70 AD when the Jews were overrun by the Romans and those who joined them. And I'll have a very different take on that when we get there in chapter 9 than you've heard before of who those people actually were. And they say that what was written of here that jesus spoke of in matthew 24 took place in 70 a.d and the rest of it is allegory and so we are today living in the end times and the millennial kingdom spoken of in revelation 20 is not a literal thousand year reign the thousand years just speaks of a long time that began in 70 a.d Now, that seems pretty far-fetched to me. So, we're in the Millennial Kingdom, is what they believe, and so to make all that make sense, the church has to change the world for better to such a degree that we can usher in Jesus Christ returning, literally. And I just go, really? And, but that's what they believe. And that's what they hold to. And that's the way they interpret this. I don't. I interpret what what he said here literally. And by the way, in 70 AD, the abomination of desolation, I believe, speaks of the desecration of the altar. It speaks of, and we'll see it later, uh, it was foreshadowed by a man named Antiochus Epiphanes. And what he did, in his abomination of desolation. First, he sacrificed pigs on the altar, on the, on the literal altar that the Jews worshiped at, and then he sacrificed Jewish people on the altar. And that's the abomination of desolation, I believe, the foreshadowing of it. And that's what we're talking about here. That did not happen in 70 A.D. There was no abomination of desolation. We have good records of what did happen in 70 A.D., and that didn't happen. There was no desecration of the altar. The temple was burned. So, you know, um, these things did not happen. And the Jews, I mean, certainly fled from Jerusalem to a certain degree. Still a lot of Jews still there after um, the temple was overrun. But these things didn't take place. What Jesus says that Daniel wrote about will take place and yet it didn't take place and yet they believe this was been fulfilled. And I'm just like, I'm so confused. How how does that make sense? But that's what they believe and they defend it and they they defend it strongly and attempt to use scripture to defend it. But I'll tell you that if you go that route, you have to do some gymnastics with the scriptures in order to make it read that way you have to in the middle of passages change your interpret change from being a literal hermeneutic to an allegory hermeneutic in the middle of passages and i'm just not going to do that i'm going to use the same hermeneutic all the way through and so anyway i believe these things will be fulfilled And that Jesus spoke of them because they would be fulfilled. And by the way, he just got asked by the disciples, what's the sign of your return? And he says, one of the things is the abomination of desolation, and you better run when that happens. And they do. This is where they get on the wings of eagles, which I do believe is an allegory, and get hidden in the desert by God. How God transports them there, I don't know. But I know Satan is after them, and he can't catch them, and that God hides them in the desert. And that's the place in Revelation where it says for a time and times and half a time. So that kind of matches up to what we've been talking about. So, you know, when does this all happen in regards to the tribulation? How does that match what we see in Revelation and what we think about when we think about the tribulation. And, you know, Jesus Christ calls it the great tribulation. You know, here in, we read it in verse, where did it say tribulation? They will give you the tribulation. Matthew 24 and... Yeah, verse 9, then they will deliver you to tribulation. That's not the great tribulation. That just means before all that happens, there's going to be a lot of persecution of the Jews. And clearly, this world has seen that, that they've been delivered to tribulation multiple times. And so that's what he's talking about, is all the things that have happened through the years, not the great tribulation. And this is also the passage where he says, if if the days of the great tribulation were not cut short by God, even the elect would be lost. Now, that's pretty serious. And so God, to protect the elect, cuts it short. So this is serious, and this is Jesus Christ looking at what's going on and what's going to take place. Now... Going back to Daniel, and going back to the, this phrase, time, times, and half a time, yeah, I mean, the, the question should be asked, what does this literally mean? I mean, that's a legitimate question. And it needs to be answered from the scriptures. And there's a lot of different views on what this really means that don't come from the scriptures. Most of them are just what men think. And that's, for me, that's just not good enough. I mean, the scriptures weren't written to be unclear. They were written to be clear, and so that we would understand. And so we ought to be able to figure out, not because we're clever, but because the Spirit guides our minds in the scriptures. So I've told you, I mean, I believe that the time times and half a time is three and a half, and it's three and a half years. Okay, but can I, from the scripture, show that to be true? Is there any place in scripture that says the tribulation period will be seven years? Explicitly, like the tribulation period will be seven years. No, there's no place in scripture that says that. Although, you probably believe that. And so if I asked you, can you prove that from Scripture, could you? Even though you believe it. Well, why do you believe it? Because you've heard it before, and then you heard someone taught you that. Well, that's not good enough. That doesn't hold water. You believe a lot of things, probably, that may not be biblical. Because you've been told that. I'll tell you, I grew up in the church. And there's so much I've had to discard so much baggage that was untrue that simply doesn't come from the scriptures, that well-intended, true-believing people taught me that was just flat wrong. And so you have to go to the scriptures in order to be able to, to substantially hold on to something that you believe. If you can't, then why do you believe it? Absolutely. Because one of the big errors that, that you're speaking of flows out of an honest interpretation of verse 15 of Matthew 24. Mm-hmm. It says, So when you see, and who's he talking to? To the disciples. Right there is where a, a very legitimate narrow reading of Scripture says Jesus was talking to those people and that they would see this happen. Right. Right. How, how far off the rails you can go by a genuine effort to understand the scriptures literally. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and so if you're, if you're not broadly reading the scriptures, you'll read the wrong things. I'll give you a perfect example. Paul writing that not every Jew is a Jew. Really, Paul? What does that mean? Well, it simply means that not every Jew is a true believing Jew is what he means. But there's all kinds of interpretations about what that means. And, I mean, it's a simple statement. He simply means they're not all faithful. A simple statement, but an absolute bombshell oh. for the nation of Israel. Yeah. Because they, they absolutely believe that because of being a Jew, they, they were giving them their future, their all-in. Right. They don't believe that anymore, by the way. <laughs> the Jews the Jews, the whole totality, do not believe in a Messiah. Only about 15% of Jews believe in a Messiah. The other 85 have given up and don't believe in a Messiah. Wild. Okay, so back to where we were. Now, to be able to show it to you from Scripture that the tribulation is seven years and that this three and a half is the last half of the seven years, you have to go to Daniel nine. Okay, now without getting too far ahead of ourselves here, I mean, because I want you to understand when it says time, times, and half of the time, is talking about the last three and a half years of seven years of tribulation. Can you prove that from scripture? I think so. Okay, so Daniel chapter 9, all the way down in verse 24. Now, Daniel chapter 9 is a time when Daniel realizes that Jeremiah wrote that the Jews would be in bondage after leaving leaving Judah for 70 years. And it's been 70 years. So Daniel, in sackcloth and ashes, begins to beg god to allow them to return to their home and so god hears his prayers and sends the angel gabriel to come and speak to daniel so this is gabriel speaking to daniel after he's been praying all day long okay and maybe for multiple days so Um, Gabriel comes, and pick up in verse 24, and he says, again, we're not going to try and get too deep in here, but I just want to show it to you. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people in your holy city, now that would be the Jews in Jerusalem, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. And he, and the he here is the... Um, hold on. What I'm trying to find... Is in verse the previous verse where it says, The Messiah will be cut off and have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come. So the he in verse twenty seven is the prince who is to come. Okay, meaning a king who is to come, a leader. And he that person will make a firm covenant with the many for one week, but in the middle of the week he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering, and on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate. Sound familiar? Even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed, is poured out on the one who makes desolate. Okay, a lot of things in here, right? The first to realize, this is famously known as Daniel's 70 weeks. And it's divided into three parts. You have seven weeks, 62 weeks, and then a final one week. So, 69 weeks. And after 69 weeks, Messiah will come. And at the beginning of the 69 weeks... A decree will be issued that Jerusalem can be re-inhabited and rebuilt. All right, the problem comes is that the Persians made three such decrees. Three different kings of Persia made decrees that the Jews could go back and rebuild Jerusalem. So the question is, which one? Okay, now I think that's simply answered by going to when Jesus came and backing up 69 weeks, whatever that means. Now, we've seen that three and a half, the three and a half, the time, times, and half a time is 1260 days. Okay, we've seen that. So those are years. So what is Daniel talking about, or what is Gabriel talking about here when he says 70 weeks have been decreed? Seven and then 62, the Messiah will come, the Messiah will be cut off. And then in the middle of the 70th week, the, there will be a covenant for, for the 70th week. But in the middle of that week, comes the abomination of desolation and the stopping of the sacrifices. Same thing we saw previously. Okay? So I believe this week of Daniel, all the weeks of Daniel, are seven days, and each day represents a year. So you've got 62 weeks from the time when a decree was given until when messiah comes now i don't think that means messiah is born i think that means messiah is in his ministry and is cut off okay because that's what it says it says messiah will be cut off at the end of the 69th week so if you Put all that together, and and if I'm right that the weeks are seven days and each day represents a year, then you've got 69 times seven years, which is 483 years. Now, I believe, and we'll do this later, that we will be able to go to the time when Jesus was cut off and back up 483 years, and that will coincide with one of the decrees that was made by the Persian kings. You know, there's a little bit of slippage because of the King George calendar and some of those things, but I believe, you don't have to agree with me on this, I believe that it is precisely 483 years. And I believe, you don't have to, it's to the day. I believe it is perfectly accurate to when Jesus Christ was crucified, from when the decree was given by the Persian king. So we'll talk about all those Persian kings, and we'll look at Ezra, and we'll look at Nehemiah, and look at the decrees that were made, and try and put together which decree we're talking about, and who made it. In what year was it and how does that lead to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross sure it is right. first of all how many prayers would you just love for gabriel to show up <laughs> yeah just tell me gabriel <laughs> <laughs> well he did it's right here i love it. <laughs> Right. At the for mercy, a word out what a beautiful passage
1: And and
0: you know, when you get over a little later into this vision that Daniel has, the angel will tell him, I was on my way, but one of the evil angels detained me. Right. So you got this warfare, and the angel can only get to Daniel, to give him the later interpretation, because Gabriel comes and knocks that bad angel out of the way and gives him passage. I mean... <laughs> absolutely. And for us to turn around and allegorize it all away is absolutely difficult. Well... Especially when Gabriel says, I've come to give you understanding so you'll know what this means. And then it's all just an allegory and well, spiritual true. words. We believe scripture and then we try to figure out what it means. Right. right? Which is a good place to start <laughs> as opposed to make an our and disrupt the actual meaning of scripture. Right. So important. That's, where the rails, that's where we go off the rails. Well, and the, the way I like to say it is what rises out of scripture. Now what do we read into it? What rises from the scripture? That's what you grab hold to. That's what you hang your hat on. And so I think it, putting all this together, and, and especially when you look at history, and when the decree was given, and when Jesus Christ was cut off, and it is 483 years, you go, okay, that's the right interpretation. Because history verifies what the scriptures said was true. Not that you have to always have history verifying the scriptures by no means. But every time you look into history, it does verify the scriptures. And so you put all that together. So you notice that in the middle of the 70th week. So you had 69 weeks and the Messiah was cut off. And in the middle of the 70th week, you have the abomination of desolation, which we have not yet seen. No one has seen it. The only time it happened was in the 200 BCs when Antiochus Epiphanes did it to the Jewish temple. But then Jesus Christ comes 200 years later and says it's still yet future. So that wasn't it. So you can't use that as, oh, and that's when it happened. Because Jesus Christ says, no, what Daniel talked about will be the sign of my coming. Yeah, and that's the other thing about Matthew 24 that's important about who is the you. Oh, yeah. Because what what Jesus is saying is the the one who actually sees this according to the scripture, that's the you. Yeah. Not you. Right. The you that actually sees this coming to place. Right. Right. So... All right, so you go back to Daniel chapter 7. And so what I believe he's saying, when he says time, times, and half a time, is the last three and a half years of the 70th week of Daniel, and is the time, if you, if you go and you look at Revelation, and we will, if the Lord wills, one day, in the middle of that week, is when the two witnesses are killed by the antichrist and then they resurrect three days later and go to heaven is when the earthquake happens and the walls of jerusalem fall and kill a lot of people and it's the time when the dragon goes after the woman which is israel when satan goes after israel and god takes them and hides them in the desert for a time times and half a time all of those things line up to the middle of Daniel's 70th week, because that's when the abomination of desolation happens, and that's when the sacrifices are stopped. Those are very, very important terms. That's what links all of this together. Christ uses the abomination of desolation. Revelation uses that the sacrifices are stopped and the Jews flee. And so they all line up to that middle of Daniel's 70th week. Very important time. And that's when this last half of chapter 7, that is what is being revealed to Daniel. Now, we still have to link that, which I believe is still yet future, to the fourth beast. Which was the Roman kingdom. Still got to get there somehow, right? Maybe next week. Um, I do believe it'll be clear and it won't be confusing and they do link together. But we'll finish out, if the Lord wills, chapter 7 next week and then talk about that of how does the fourth beast represent Rome and the Antichrist at the end. How do those things come together? Thanks for your time.